What's up, everyone? You are listening to the Jelly Cards Podcast, where we take you on a journey through the sports card hobby. And don't think we are excluding any of you TCG hobbyists, because we at Jelly grew up collecting both Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Each episode, we discuss various topics related to the hobby, while giving you frequent market updates for players both in-season and off-season. You can listen to all our episodes on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you are ready, we are ready. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this new episode from the Jelly Card Boys. Welcome back to the Jelly Cards Podcast, where John and I are spreading the love of the hobby. You are listening to episode 29, and you can listen to all other episodes, both season one and season two, on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And John, I want to start off. So this morning, while I was drinking my coffee, playing my Pokemon game, <laughs> I, you know I'm a huge fan of the show Speak. And they had a, they put like, they, you can listen to the whole podcast. So they have they their shows also, they put them to podcasts. Um, I typically will listen to them on the morning, like on my way to work and stuff like that on Apple Podcasts. But on YouTube, they'll put the whole podcast on YouTube. But they'll also kind of clip certain segments that they talk about. And this one segment, they talked about Justin Herbert. And they basically said... And the title of, or like the topic of conversation was basically, are the Chargers getting their money's worth out of Justin Herbert? And both, and Acho, Shady, and Joy basically all said, like, statistically, yeah, they are, but they need to see more. They need to see this. They need to see that. They need to see him win games. They need to, you know. And the only person that was siding with it, and, and and I always side with James Jones, he was the only person that put in like perspective of like, do you not understand that since Justin Herbert came into the league, and James Jones said it on the show, I think through his three years in the NFL, he's put up the best like statistics as a quarterback out of any quarterback in NFL history. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. He's also had a top 10 offense. Every single year he's played. But do you know where the Chargers defense currently sits right now in overall like team defense? Nope. They are second to last. <laughs> nice. You know what team is, is worse than them? Got to be probably, the Broncos. Got to be the Broncos. <laughs> it is the Broncos. The Chargers are almost giving up 400 total yards on – on defense per game. That's terrible. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, you want to have a segment saying that just are, are the Chargers getting enough out of Justin Herbert? As if, like, the fact that they're not winning more games or, you know, I, I understand they got, you know, that embarrassing loss that they had to Jacksonville last year in the playoffs. But, like, do, do you look at, like, their team woes as, like, that's Justin Herbert's fault? Because I'm gonna tell you right now, I'll take I'll take Justin Herbert any day. I know you would. Statistically, absolutely, dude. Mm-hmm. Like just be, be, and James Jones said it too on there. He said they're putting up thirty a game, if not more. 
And then they still have to have a game-winning drive in order to win these games. Yeah. And it made me frustrated because I'm like, do you not do you not understand the defense that Justin Herbert has? <laughs> you have one of the best offenses and then you have statistically the second worst defense in the league. Yeah. When I was also looking at, did you also know that the that the Cleveland Browns defense only they give up on average 200 yards of total offense. Yeah, I was watching something earlier, or maybe the other day, that they have like one of the best five game stretches in NFL history in terms of defensive yards allowed. They are, I think, I think what I saw was like they're giving up like 120 yards passing on average and 79 yards rushing. That's nuts. And they played the 49ers and they played. Joe Burrow's Bengals. Yeah. That's – and my point is, put Justin Herbert on the Cleveland Browns. Oh, God. Put, put Justin – give Justin Herbert the Cleveland Browns defense. Browns, Browns might be one of the best teams that we've seen in, in recent years. Interesting take. If you if you put if you took Justin Herbert's like stats and what he accomplishes with that offense on the Chargers, but also gave him the, that top level of defense that the Browns have, oh my god, yeah, that'd be pretty amazing. It would be great. It would be great to see the Browns like just destroying everybody because everybody wants to talk about everybody wants to talk about like the 49ers. Everyone wants to talk about you know Brock Purdy and all this stuff. Justin Herbert has he's nine touchdown passes to only two interceptions, and that last intercept, his second interception came against the Cowboys when they lost the game because he threw, I, I believe, he threw a pick to end the game. Dang. So that was only his second pick in the season. Yeah. Brock Purdy's got ten touchdown passes to one interception. The first interception he threw this season came against the Browns. Yeah, last week. So, so what? Like what are what are we talking about here? Like why why it's this is like Justin Herbert's like having this down year because they're two and three. I think they're in the same situation with like the Bears where their coaching sucks. Yeah, they have terrible coaching and it just upset me. So I was like I was sitting there watching. I'm like oh my god, like I can't. I love this show, but like sometimes I just can't stand like some of the thing and like and really too. I love Acho. And I especially love James Jones. I think he he's like the most level-headed guy on the show. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, man, I can't stand Shady and Joy, man. Yeah. The I... things that they say, and it's just like it's it's almost like they just like to agree with each other, <laughs> just to kind of be like opposite of what everybody else is saying, and like oh, it, it bothers me. Yeah. So I just have to vent a little bit. No, I totally understand. I agree with you. I. I've, you know, where I stand on Herbert. I give him a lot of smack talk in the jelly chat. Yeah, you say he's a non-gamer. He's not. He is a non-gamer. <laughs> his defense. His defense is a non-gamer. He's a gamer. I'll take like thirty points a game on average from from his offense and from his offensive play. I'll take that. His defense non-gamer. He's not the non-gamer. It's his defense. Okay, fair enough. And the reason the reason why I was bringing this up is because um, when I was doing my notes for this for this podcast episode, I put down one of his card prices. And the reason why I was looking him up is 
So I change gears on you again. I do this to you a lot. I come up with a topic or we come up with a topic. I'm like, hey, we should talk about this. And then like the day before we're supposed to record, I go, hey, you know what? Scratch that. I want to talk about something completely different. Exactly. And it's because of what uh, Luke and I were talking about in the group chat yesterday when I sent you some Jared Goff uh, card prices. Mm -hmm. And I was happy that Luke... Um, said what he said because that made me go okay at least i'm not the only one that that thinks this man i just and i said this last episode yeah i don't get the hobby <laughs> like i i truly don't get the hobby i i really want to know like we should we should do like a questionnaire or, or whatever and send it out to all these hobbyists just to understand their mentality when they enter into the hobby and enter into like who to buy, who not to buy, why am I buying this, why I'm spending so much money on this player versus that player. Like I don't I don't understand it. So like what what's your first first question to you is like what's your take on the hobby? Or like why do you believe like there are certain players who are like just skyrocketing on the card markets, but then there's other players who are putting up great statistical seasons, sometimes even better than these other ones, but yet their card markets don't match what everybody else's. That's a phenomenal question. It can it can tie into almost every single sport. It it really does tie into every single sport. Um, so my answer is kind of I don't know. It's kind of twisted. It's a mixture of both. It's a mixture of both like me, the sports fan, whatever sport it is: baseball, football, basketball, soccer, hockey, anything at all. What what I see a player perform you kind of and then the stats reflect that performance i think that is your biggest and most like your hottest card in the market i feel like people like joe burrow patrick mahomes uh those two guys are the top two in my head when it comes to quarterbacks that people invest in because not only are they gifted when you watch them play and they have the stats to like back it up and then on top of that, they also have success. I think that's what makes them the hottest football quarterbacks in the market. But when you get to people like Goff, who's also performing really well, and the team is doing well, like I don't think people are as excited watching Jared Goff play when they watch players like Mahomes and players like Burrow play and watch their teams go like become super successful and make their way to playoff championship games. So when, when we're talking about it in relation to the hobby, I prefer to buy into the players that are, may not be as flashy, but they have talent and their team has success because eventually they will, in my opinion, they'll make their way to the playoffs and get that kind of, publicity and kind of exposure that you want when you have cards of theirs. And that for me ties into both baseball, basketball, football, hockey, anything. So I'm hoping that I answered your question at least a little bit. Cause now I, I feel like I'm, I have like a sick brain. So if you hear a lot of sniffles on this podcast episode, it's because I'm dealing with a bunch of allergies. It's tough allergy season for me, but I'm hoping I'm making a little bit of sense because I think it's a mixture of everything, like watching the player play They're Like you can tell as a sports fan that they're a great athlete and they're good at their position, their, their work basically. And then a mixture of that, a mixture of team success, a mixture of stats, like 
those become the hottest cards on the market. And the other players who are great statistically and team success just don't get as much love, in my opinion. Well, and, and so so when you were saying all that, you um, you brought up another question in my head. And I love that you brought up about Jared Goff because he's kind of the main player that I wanted to talk about on the football side of, of sports. First off, you know Jared Goff's only 29 years old, right? Yeah, I do. He's also played in a Super Bowl, right? <laughs> yeah. He, he lost it. It wasn't an exciting Super Bowl, but he played in one. Same with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow played in a Super Bowl. He lost a Super Bowl. If you, if you look at stats for, um, like career stats for uh, Jared Goff, you know he's never had a season where he's thrown over, under 3,000 yards. That's awesome. And that's, even, and that's including seasons he didn't play all the games. <laughs> he stole. His, his worst season passing was like 3,200 yards passing. And he only played 14 games. And that was in 2021. I'm not sure. Was that already when they moved it to 17 games or was 2021 still 16? Uh, I think it was still 16, right? I think so too. Because last year, I think, was the first year of 17, correct? Yeah. So he, he missed two games that year. I mean, that that's that's the difference of potentially five, you know, 500 yards passing right there. Absolutely. So you, so that that could have been a 3,700 yard passing season. Yes, he throw he he has tendency to throw a lot of double you know he he's had double digit seasons in terms of interceptions, but so is Joe Burrow. Other than other than Joe Burrow's uh, first season when he got injured, his last two Joe Burrow has double digit interceptions. Same with Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. So so it you know obviously now when it when it you go to Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, they're throwing thirty plus yard, you know, uh, 30 plus touchdown passes. They're throwing for over 4,000 yards in a season, but Jared Goff has three seasons. Every, every season he's played every single game. He's thrown for over 4,000 yards. He has two seasons of 4,600 yards passing. Mm-hmm. So to me, when you, when you say, and you talk about these, these players who like, Oh, this is why they want to invest them. This is why people want to invest in Joe Burrow. This is why people want to invest in Justin Herbert. You know, Patrick Mahomes is an outlier because he's he's on the verge of being one of the greats now. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I'm. It's like you you don't even look at you know you don't even look at him. But if you look at Jared Goff's stats this season, already over sixteen hundred yards passing. He's got a sixty nine point five completion percentage, eleven touchdowns to three interceptions. His QBR is a seventy three point three, and I think his passer ratings like. 105 maybe or it's i know it's a 101 105 something like that mm-hmm. yeah. and since he's come to detroit he has yet to throw uh double digit interceptions <laughs> since he's come to detroit and now they're sitting at five and one so my question is what yeah why not jared goff and i and, and this is and it, it's it's a question that i should be asking myself too and it is because i never even considered looking at his market because he's having a pretty in my opinion quiet not only quiet season but he's actually really having like a quiet career okay because you you know so i I mean i mean my question to you is like so yeah why not jared goff or like why is jared goff a player that we and jelly haven't talked about or something or you haven't as like an individual in the hobby why are you? Why haven't you looked at like a Jared Goff market? So, 
yeah, like like I've been trying to explain, it's I think it's a mixture of not only so I wrote down three things while we were talking about this right now. I wrote down stats, success, and then quotes, they're good at their job. End quote. Like eye test. So why not Jared Goff is because and it's like this may be a bad comparison, but it's kind of like Kirk Cousins. Like, why do why are we not talking about Kirk Cousins too? He's got like seventeen hundred yards already this year. He's he's having one of the best seasons, probably statistically at quarterback than he that he's probably had in his career. Exactly. It's just unfortunate his team's two and what four. Still, it's just like what the heck? Yeah. He's he's mm-hmm. having he's pretty he's had a pretty good career, but it's just like I don't know. It's like, yeah, they're just not interested. If you. I don't. I don't even remember Jared Goff's Super Bowl performance, but I'm sure it was horrible. It was. Uh, they the Patriots won. I think it was ten to three. Yeah, exactly. He probably zero touchdowns. And that was the, and, yeah, and that was the year that I think the Rams were like dominating everybody offensively. Yeah. See, that's right. So once you get to the higher levels, like once if if Jared Goff. Uh, when Jared Goff goes to the playoffs, I, this is that may be a bold statement, but I'm pretty sure the Lions are going to go to the playoffs this year. And he does well, then his card market, I assume, will go up. But I feel like people anticipate that he will not do well, if that makes any sense. Like, if you let's say you could pick from four quarterbacks when you get to the playoffs Goff, Herbert, Tua, or Burrow. I'm almost certain that everyone is putting Goff at four. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's just yeah. I, and it's and I and I disagree with that. I would I would almost have to put either Tua or Herbert at four. You would you would take Goff over your boy Herbert? Uh, yes. As of right now, yes, because one, Goff has made it to a Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Herbert Herbert puts up great numbers, but I got also got to look at you know. If if I'm looking at you know who's gonna make it far, I'm not gonna pick the Herbert and the Chargers. Okay. No no, defense, no 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 no. Oh, you just mean at quarterback? Yes. If you had a playoff caliber team, doesn't matter which team, who who do you want starting quarterback? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what, um, like so this. Yeah. Yeah. Then it would, probably would be Herbert. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I think if you if you're not talking about a, a team as a whole. Yes. Exactly. I think that's the final aspect of where cards go from being like hot to the hottest. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to explain. Like if you if everybody who's in the hobby, in the football hobby, had to pick a quarterback to lead their team through the playoffs and to the Super Bowl. No one is taking – I mean, maybe someone will take Goff over Tua, but that is now up for debate based on this year. And so maybe they'll be tied for three and four, but I don't see anybody putting Goff over Herbert or uh, Burrow. And that can tie into basketball as well. Like if you're going into the playoffs and basketball and you have, a, I don't know, a player like Halliburton who's like a triple-double machine almost, do you think that – he is a superstar who can kind of carry your team through the playoffs. Same goes into baseball. Same goes into hockey. Like there's stats and success, which is great, but there's also that third aspect of like, whoa, this guy is really good at his sport or girl. This girl is really great at her sport. And I think that they're going to be a superstar. I want their cards more than I want anybody else's cards. And that's just, that's how I think the hobby works. And I agree with you guys that it's it's unfair. It doesn't make sense. But until 
players like Goff and Cousins and even Tua, I guess we can talk about Tua. Matthew, I, I feel like, what about Matthew Stafford? Why aren't we talking about Matthew Stafford too? He won exactly, a Super Bowl. Well, yeah, exactly. he won a Super Bowl. And he's actually, if you look at, I, he's already over 50,000 yards passing. Exactly. Like players like that. Like, but people don't talk about him. Like in the hobby, nobody's nobody's lighting up the, the social media videos <laughs> and, and pictures with all these Matthew Stafford cards. And that's my whole point is like, you're you're spending thousands of dollars on Brock Purdy cards, Joe Burrow cards, uh, Herbert cards, Tua cards, whoever it is. You know, you yeah, you can go into baseball. You're you know, you're buying up all these Jackson Holiday cards, and you're spending thousands of dollars on these players who, you know, so like baseball prospects who have even played who haven't taken a B in the majors. You're spending thousands of dollars on on Brock Purdy who. Plays for what the best team in football, possibly the best team in football. Because you put if you put Brock Purdy on any other team, he might not be as great as he is in in San Francisco. I think. So that's why it, it I I it baffles me the way that like this hobby works sometimes. Because yeah, why not Matthew Stafford? Yeah. Why aren't you buying into Matthew Stafford cars? Why aren't you buying into Captain Kirk? <laughs> he's having an amazing season. He's he's just below um, Tua. Yeah. He's literally sitting below Tua, but because of his team success, I don't know if, if that's even the case. Even last year, I don't think Kirk Cousin cards were flying off the, you know, flying off the eBay auctions. You know, people are just buying up Kirk Cousins cards, even when the Vikings were good. Because if, if you look at card prices, and I'm adding card prices now, Justin Herbert on uh, October 17th had a, uh, 2020 Silver Prism rookie card and a PSA 10 sell for $1,350. Wow. Joe Burrow on October 15th had a 2020 Silver Prism rookie card and PSA 10 sell for $1,540. Wow. So both of them, both of them have sold well over $1,000. <laughs> Here you go. Jared Goff. Oh boy. Sold October 15th. Uh, he had a 2016 Silver Prism rookie PSA 10 sell for $212. <laughs> Yikes. You could buy five of them. So, but th- so, so to, to my point. Oh, and here's even a, here's a more shocker. On October 17th, a Justin Fields 2021 Silver Prism rookie card and a PSA 10 sold for 280 Whoa. You're telling me you'd rather have a Justin Fields silver prism than Jared Goff, who's five and one with Detroit on their way to winning the division, more than likely going to win the division because everybody else kind of sucks. <laughs> this might be the easiest division to win right now. And the Lions are probably sitting back going like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for all you guys sucking right now. But still, <laughs> you would much rather have just of Justin as right now. Talk about right now. You'd much rather have Justin Fields at 280 than Goff at 212. So that's what I mean. See, it's like <clears throat> I don't know. This is that final thing, like the the eye test. Are they the best at their job, or are they one of the best at their job? Justin Fields ain't even close to being the best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, there's like his his future. And no offense to him, and I I know I might piss some people off. His future in the NFL is is rocky at best. It's on thin ice for sure. 
Like this guy is, he's literally crawling on the ice, hoping not to fall through right now. <laughs> like, but people are still buying 280. Golf, golf is, I think he's fifth or sixth in passing right now. He's 11 touchdown passes, three, three interceptions, five and one Lions. He's got same record as 49ers, K, uh, KC, the Eagles. I mean, the Dolphins. But, no one's buying. No one's believing it, though. Yeah. So this this is my question again. Like, let's say you are on your way to the playoffs, and for some crazy NFL Goodell reason, they're like, "Okay, we're going to shuffle up the quarterbacks. We're going to draft. We're going to draft your quarterback for the NFL playoffs." Where do you think Goff lands on the in that draft? Every single quarterback in the NFL, you can take whoever you want to be your quarterback. Is he a top ten quarterback? I, I honestly, I might say yes. I think I think he would make top ten for sure. Top five? Uh, I mean, probably, uh, probably not. No, Pro- I, really, I wouldn't say top five because uh, if if you did it, you'd probably obviously Patty Mahomes. You'd be talking Joe Burrow. You'd be talking Tua. You'd be talking Herbert. Hurts. Um, Hurts. So that's five. Josh right Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen six. Would you take so him over already- Trevor Lawrence? Honestly, probably. <laughs> really? Okay. Probably. That's what so I'm saying. Like- I, I would put I would put golf top ten for sure. If you had to, if you like you said, if you you know jumbled it up, shuffled Lamar. It up, Lamar's having a terrible. Se- yeah, I would honestly, <laughs> and you know I love Lamar Jackson, but yeah, for sure I would take him over Lamar. Lamar got five touchdown passes this season. I know. And like four picks, maybe three or four picks. He's got three. He's got three <laughs> yeah. picks. He's only got five touchdown passes this season, man. I know. And but if I- you look at and, – and again, look at all these quarterbacks. Look at Daniel Jones. Look at Lamar. Look at Deshaun Watson. Look at Joe Burrow. Herbert. Matt, they all got paid. Dak Prescott got paid. <laughs> and yet we still we still believe it, right? Like we're still buying in. Man, I got to have this card at $1,000. Because I think this is a good deal. Like, you know, I can see it, but you know what? Give me give me this at two twelve. <laughs> if if I saw this at at the spectacular or whatever, right now, if I'm thinking right now, if we if we went to spectacular, national, whatever it is, I'm like, give me a Jared Goff card. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. Give me a Captain Kirk card too. All right. <laughs> I support that. I, I I even though they're both in our division, I, I like Kirk Cousins. I think he's a really great quarterback. And he's a cool guy. He seems and like he's a really a nice great guy. guy. Yeah, he seems yeah. just like a great dude. Like Yeah, which makes me really like him. He seems really cool. But, but like is, I, yeah, again, yeah. man, it's just I don't know. Like if you if you pulled the entire hobby, people are gonna listen to this episode and they're probably gonna think you're crazy that you would put like You'd take Goff over Lamar, or you'd take Goff over someone like Trevor Lawrence or something like that. Because that's what I'm trying to explain here: that the stats and the team success are might usually, not mean anything anymore. Yeah, yeah it's what we kind of try to use as like a predictor for the future of the card. Like we, if this guy's performing well, this girl's performing great, and the team or whatever the sport, like the success is being carried by the stats as well. That's like okay, we there's a potential future sale point here when they make it to the playoffs or they make it to the next level in their sport. But this is where I'm trying to explain that there's also a third aspect of like, hey, 
this person is one of the best at their position compared to every other player in the sport. And that drives the market a little bit higher than what you'd anticipate, in my opinion. Do you, do you think also that players who came post car boom or during the card boom, do you think that also has effect? Because when yeah. this hobby became super relevant amongst like all, all these collectors and new collectors, do you think that also gives those markets a boost because that's who everybody remembers? I mean, I, reg- uh, obviously minus Patrick Mahomes, you know, 2017, but mm-hmm. again, he's an outlier. He's an outlier. I wouldn't consider him because of all the success he's had so far in the NFL. He is a big outlier. But Goff, like we said, 2016, you know, that's when he was drafted. That's when he came into the league. So that was well before the boom. So, like, people weren't really thinking about cards the way they do now. But Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Tua, Fields, you know, Purdy, all these players, you know, Lawrence, all these players that came either what during the card boom or post card boom, do you think that has effect on, on players on, uh, on collectors and investors mindsets when they're going into who, what player to look at? Absolutely. That's a phenomenal question and an amazing point because yeah, uh, we've talked about it. I think on previous episodes, maybe another thing that's hurting the golf market and the Stafford market and the cousins market is that they just don't have, not only do they not have the like, hype that was just driving up crazy card prices for rookie cards, their rookie cards, but they also don't have the benefit of having these like really cool rookie autos and patch autos, numbered autos, numbered rookies, parallels, all that stuff. Because I don't know who I was talking about this about with the other day. It might have it might have been my wife because Travis Kelsey is now dating Taylor Swift. <laughs> but I was looking at Travis Kelsey cards and I'm like, it doesn't make any sense to me. His, I was looking at, I think, an X Fractor Topps Chrome rookie for Kelsey, and it ended to like four, four to six hundred dollars. But I was trying to explain it to my wife that Travis Kelsey is arguably the greatest tight end in NFL history. He's making mm-hmm. his way to being the best player at that position ever, and no one really cares about his card market. Like you can buy a Travis Kelsey refractor rookie for the price of a, a Fields Prism PSA ten. Like what the heck? Which would you rather have? Would you rather have the Travis Kelsey or would you rather have the Fields? But this ties into your point that players who have their rookie cards, which are usually the most sought-after card, printed in like 2010 to 2018 before the card boom happened, they don't have the benefit of all those people rushing into the hobby and hunting rookie cards. And they also don't have the benefit of having these parallel numbered cards with autos and cool cool features that make that memorabilia piece so appealing. So yeah, it's a really great question and a great point by you because it's a mixture of not only do you not have the crazy hype that followed all those 2020 rookie cards, you also don't have the benefit of like really cool cards in general being printed, but I don't know. How do you feel about it? Well, you also got to take into consideration too, and I understand this, that you look at Joe Burrow, you look at Justin Herbert, you know, you can throw two up, Purdy. These are all probably franchise guys, right? I mean, these are these are probably quarterbacks who these teams clearly, with the money that they're spending on them, want them long-term. We want you to play your career here in this city, you know, yeah. here for this team. So I get that too. I get that their ceiling might be a little bit higher, you know, 
Goff is is making his way to 30 or Travis Kelsey, you know, he's it's kind of like they've been there, done that. You know, he's already accomplished. <laughs> yes, he's going to be one of the best. People, some people might argue that he is the best. So it's like, where, where, how much, how much farther is he going to keep going up? Right? He might already be up, <laughs> if that makes sense. You know, for so I, I mean, I get that. You know, these other players kind of have more room to grow in terms of the hobby. Yes, but I agree with you. Like. If you look at, you know, statistics again, like going back to, to Jared Goff, like, yo, he's eighth among active quarterbacks in passing yards. And all the other quarterbacks that are above him, all well into their 30s, all players who have, I think it were like either, um, were like 2014 and, uh, and earlier something than him. So, I mean, you're talking, you're talking about like, obviously Aaron Rodgers, you're talking about. Kirk Cousins being up there. You're talking about Ryan Tannehill being up there. You know, Andy Dalton's up there. So you're, t- you're, you're talking about players who have played longer. But Goff is sitting at, at eighth. So he's actually a, a really good quarterback in terms of passing yards. And his passing yards per game, he sits at sixth. Mm-hmm. And if we want to talk about statistics being a reason why, you know, certain markets are being driven, his market definitely is not reflecting the statistics that he's putting up per season and for his career. So, yeah, I do think a lot of it is due to the fact that you're also – Jared Goff isn't blowing up the media <laughs> yeah. like Joe Burrow does, like Herbert does, and, you know, Lamar does, and Deshaun Watson. You know, all these guys are getting these big-time contracts. You know, the reason why there a lot of these players are getting talked about so much is, is because you kind of have to. <laughs> you kind of have to talk about a player who's getting – was it – you know, fully guaranteed money and it's 200 and whatever, 232 or whatever he, uh, Deshaun Watts is getting paid, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, they, they kind of, it's, it's like, you almost kind of just have to talk about them, you know? And that's why I said like Jared Goff is having such a sneaky career and sneaky, um, season that it's like, man, should, should we consider buying his, his cards? <laughs> I mean, not, not actually doing it, but is he a player that, that we should be like, damn, maybe we need a silver prism of Jared Goff. This might actually, be, you know, maybe come playoffs, this goes up another $100 or $150. Hell, it, it, what if he won? What if he goes to another Super Bowl? Are we looking at a $200 increase? You know what I mean? Like, do you think so? Do you think it would go up to like a I think at least, a, I think at least 100 Okay. If he keeps playing the way he is, and winning games, and then the Lions say the Lions end up maybe only losing like three games or something this season, three, four games or whatever, and they make it to the playoffs and stuff. Yeah, I could see this 212 going to 312 or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, I think I agree with you. What about, um, I think, are the Rams in the same division as the Niners? I think they are. Yeah, in the West. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about Stafford too. Like any other players that you can think of that like, Hey, they're doing well and they likely will, or they're on the verge or on the projection to be in the playoffs and you want their cards. Oof. Uh, and that, you know, it's funny because that was, um, that was going to be the first, the original topic that we were going <laughs> to talk about is, so it's funny that we're actually now adding it in and I'm not going to, we were, I'm going to say the name, but we don't have to get into it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say Dak Prescott, but we don't have to get into it. But 
What's at, at the very <laughs> at the very least, Dak is a consistent player that can that gets to the playoffs. Regardless of whether or not he plays well in the playoffs or he gets he go, goes far in the playoffs, he the Cowboys are more than likely always going to be in playoff hunt. So to me, he's another player that I I feel as if you could invest in. Because I I still think Dak has all the capabilities in the world to make it far in the playoffs. They have a really great defense. He could put up numbers. He had a great game against Herbert. Won yeah. that game, didn't he? Didn't no picks. He had a rushing touchdown, passing touchdown, threw for well over two hundred <laughs> yards. Like he had a good game. You know, defense had a good game. So I, yeah, uh, Dak was going to be another player that I was going to talk about. But I know how you feel about that. We don't have to go too far into it. <laughs> yeah. What about um? What about Geno Smith? Aren't the Seahawks like they? I think I, they're. Yeah, I think they're four and two. Okay. I want to say I, I want or, or three and two. No, three I'm sorry. Two. I think they're three and two. Yeah. yeah. I think they already had a buy or they're something like that. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, Gino. Gino's another one, and, and I'll bet you his market is still sitting at like a hundred dollars for uh for one of his cards or something. You know what I mean? Like his silver. If he has a silver prism, I don't know. I even know he was like what 2012 or something. I think right. Yeah, years ago. 2010, 2012, somewhere around there. Yeah. So, but do you okay? So now, <laughs> obvious. So this is where I'm trying to tie in my point here. Like, if you could pick one, or I don't know, maybe one is tough. But if you could take like the best card of any player, not Mahomes, would you like? I don't know. Like, whose whose card is going to go up the highest as the season goes on? Do you think Goff's card is going to outperform other players' cards? Based on current team success, no, probably not. Like I yeah. don't, I don't think he's going to like in terms of but like overall like profit increase. I mean, yeah. it definitely could because it's sitting so far, it's sitting so low. And that's another thing I think a lot of investors and collectors kind of have to consider too is yes. when when you're buying into these markets, and we've talked about this before. When you're buying into a a thousand dollar plus market, how much upside are you looking at? Right. How uh, you? How much do you think that card's still gonna go? Because it's already sitting at over a thousand dollars. So you're now in a in a realm of different buyers. Like you, you have to start thinking that you're not your average Joe who's in the who's in the hobby is gonna spend, you know, more than fifteen hundred dollars on a on a Joe Burrow card. Exactly. But us being those average Joes, <laughs> we would take the risk and buy a two twelve Goff Silver Prism. Yeah, because we see how other silver prisms do. I feel like Lamar is another good example too. I couldn't find one. I could only find the inserts, like the, his like rookie introductions one. I couldn't find another one, which was just surprising to me. And that's why I went to Fields and was like, "Damn, two eighty yeah. with the way Fields is playing." I mean, <laughs> before the injury, Fields was on the verge of having another under hundred yard passing game. <laughs> like, yeah, so, you know exactly. But like, um, yeah, I think that's a really phenomenal question. Like, based on everybody's current market, and if you're in the hobby as an investor or basically a trader, who do you think has the potential to have their market increase the most as the season goes on? Like, we have to eliminate Mahomes because yeah, the Chiefs just keep getting better and better, and their success continues. 
but like I don't I don't know like like you said Purdy is another example to kind of put against anybody else in the NFL. The Niners are going to probably keep winning, but I don't know. Like, would you rather buy a high-end Purdy card in hopes that when the Niners get to the, the Niners get to the playoffs, they're going to keep doing well and get all the way to the Super Bowl, or do you feel more comfortable buying into like a two hundred or three hundred dollar Lamar card, Dak card, Golf card? Um, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't mention your boy Baker. You could buy a Baker card if you want. But well, I, I didn't mention Baker because the last time we talked football, I brought up big. I mean, I brought up Jared Goff too. But the last time we talked, I, I did bring up Baker, and he is another player. I think you could you could yeah. put in this conversation. But here's the thing: do, how easy do you think it could be for Jared Goff's two twelve to double in price? Honestly, after yeah, I think it could go to at least three hundred dollars, and you made a fifty percent profit. So, but there's... but do you do you see like it like for that for for his two twelve? Do you, can you can you see that market doubling? I don't know. This is what this is what I mean. This is where but it gets to. The like... point I'm making though is, do you see that fifteen hundred dollar Joe Burrow card doubling? Uh... By by uh, end of season, if, if they keep if they keep up with their success, because obviously the Bengals are playing better now. Yeah. And they keep up with their success. Who whose market is more likely to double? I feel I feel as if it's the two twelve. The two twelve's easier to get to four twelve versus this fifteen hundred is is easier to get to three thousand. Yeah. I honestly don't know. Like I feel like people who listen to this podcast episode might say Burrow. Some people might say Goff. But the I, point, like, but the, the yeah. point I'm making is, is because of you got to think about the people who are buying into the markets. I, I still am. feel, I still feel as if the it's people are going to be more willing to buy into a $400 market than to buy into a $3,000 market, hoping those markets grow after that. That's you're thinking as uh, like a smart buyer. You're not thinking. <laughs> you're not thinking as like a. Like, hey, I'm, I love football cards. I'm a card collector, and Joe Burrow's a beast. I want to buy up Joe Burrow. Yeah, like, you're thinking way too conservatively versus how people will react to both player success. If both teams go, let's say, like, I don't know, 13 and four or something, or 12 and five, and they're both in the playoffs, I'm almost certain people are going to want to buy Joe Burrow more than they're going to want to buy Jared Goff. And they're going to drive up that Joe Burrow market more than they'll drive up the Goff market. But then, if the if one guy gets eliminated, if Burrow gets eliminated and golf continues, then that market shifts. Like, hey, Burrow's out; we're not watching him anymore. But golf just had a great game in the NFC divisional round. I want to buy some golf cards. So it's like I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, if both of them are on their way to the playoffs and they're in the playoffs, the the jelly cards buyers are like, hey, golf is not. 4k or three thousand dollars and the lions are a really great team like why would i spend 3k on burrow who's in the afc with really tough matchups when i could buy golf at a lower price well let me let me ask you this so let's switch to baseball real quick because we um we ended last episode and i i brought up about Corey seager and i was like man what like what's up with Corey seager's market yeah. Like, why isn't, why isn't Corey Seager flying off the markets like right now? Why aren't people buying up, you know, spending crazy money on Corey Seager? And so when I was digging deep into, into uh, the card markets, so 
uh, uh, Corey Seager. So you know what's funny about Corey Seager too, and I'm gonna go off on a little bit of a tangent. You know he has a 2010 first Bowman Chrome and a 2012 first Bowman Chrome. I did not know that. That's awesome. So, so in 2010, it's just his USA Baseball first Bowman Chrome. Oh, nice. But then in 2012, his first Bowman Chrome auto. Nice. So that's weird to me. Like, I was just like, huh, interesting. Like, I'm like, am I, wait, 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 hold on. Am I looking at the same card here? Like, <laughs> it was it was throwing me off. But so uh, on September 26th, so right before playoffs started, uh, a 2012 first Bowman Chrome auto PSA 10 of Corey Seager sold for $332. Wow. Yeah. So low in terms of first Bowman Chrome autos, because if you look at a lot of the players, uh, prospects, especially, they're way, way higher. higher. I mean, Cor- yeah. uh, Corbin Carroll. Corbin yeah. Carroll was at $1,000. Easily. And he's a rookie. <laughs> Corey Seager, you know, could, it could end up winning MVP, or he, he's definitely going to be number two. But then, so I was like, well, let me let me look at Jackson Holiday's market oh boy. and see what his cards were selling at, at that time. A 2022 first Bowman Chrome Auto of Jackson Holiday graded a PSA 9, sold for $456. Nice. So you are telling me, <laughs> hobbyist out there, you're telling me you would much rather have a PSA 9 first Bowman Chrome Auto of Jackson Holiday prospect, no major league at bats, versus Corey Seager, who could potentially win MVP, who's currently in the playoffs, playing well on the verge of going to a World Series. You would much rather have that PSA 9 of Jackson Holiday. <laughs> Don't get it, man. Just don't. Get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is why baseball's the best. That's why baseball like, collecting is I don't, so much I, fun. Like, I, it, that baffles me. Like, would you, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the PSA nine, and <laughs> and and take away your your John bias and your love of prospects? If somebody <laughs> said, "Hey, I have this Jackson Holiday PSA nine auto at four fifty six, or I have this Corey Seager first Bowman Chrome auto PSA ten at three thirty two." John, what car would you rather have? <laughs> um, collector would say Seeger. John the collector. John the hobbyist and Jelly Cards member would say Holiday. But do you it's, think there's more upside in the PSA 9 continuing to grow over time? Not just at call-up, but just over time, you think there's more upside in the 9 versus Corey Seeger's 10? Um. Honestly, yeah. Like you think that if you bought that Seeger now at three, whatever, what's going to happen if Texas gets eliminated or like even if they go to the World Series and he does well, it'll probably go up briefly. But after after the season's over, no one's going to be like, okay, let's go buy Seeger cards. But you know what happens with PSA nine markets, though? I know, but Jackson Holiday is the number one prospect in baseball. It's not like he's going anywhere. Like, and what if he doesn't pan out in the bigs? Corey Seager pans out in the bigs. We, we're we're I'm, we're physically watching him play in the majors and do it at a at an extremely at an elite level. Yeah, I'm I'm not so like I said, I'll buy Seager for my collection. Like he's already made his way to the majors and he's a successful baseball player in the majors. But if we're talking the hobby and we're talking about buying and selling and trying to make a profit, I 
obviously Holiday is going to make it to the major leagues. And once that happens, I'm probably dumping that card. Like over time, like over years and years and years, the let's say you bought that PSA nine for four fifty. How much was it for something? Four fifty six. Yeah. Okay. You bought the PSA nine for four hundred fifty dollars. Holiday makes it to the majors. You sell it for like six to seven, and it could go down. It probably will go down. But I just made two hundred fifty dollars to like two hundred dollars, versus the Seager card. I buy it for three fifty. Texas goes to the World Series. They win the World Series. You sell that card for like I don't know four fifty maybe five hundred. So you're probably looking at the same profit right now. But I feel like Seager's market after the World Series is way less appealing to me than Holiday's market now versus when he comes to the majors and he performs. And, but, and that and that and that's like that's my whole point. It's like why yeah. why it like why is Jackson Holiday's market more appealing than a guy who's currently doing it right now? Like why like Corey Seager, he played 119 games this season because he he had some in, injuries at the beginning of the season. Yep. That's um, I say at the beginning of the season because it's the reason why I say I think he could win MVP. His injury became at the beginning of the season versus the end of the season. And if if you watch like MLB to, uh, Network, hey, man, my boy DeRosa thinks the same way. So if DeRosa thinks I'm right, then I must be right. DeRosa thinks Seager should and could win MVP? Uh, he said that he does not think Otani should win MVP. Oh, my God. I sent you, the, I sent you that, that video <laughs> where he doesn't, he doesn't think that Otani should get it. But okay, we're not going to get into that. Yeah. So Corey Seager in 119 games this season, he batted a 327 on base, 390, dude. 119 games, he slugged 623, man. Great. His op his OPS was 1.013. He had 156 hits, 42 doubles, 33 home runs, 96 ribbies. He only had 88 strikeouts in 119 games. And then right now in the postseason, when I wrote down the stats, he was at 391 for the average. Yesterday he had an offer. I think it dropped down to like 333, but still 330. Um, or I think that for that series, I'm sorry, I don't know where it's at. But when I wrote it down yesterday, he was sitting at for the um, for the playoffs right now, 391 average, one home run, three RBIs, OPS of 1.240. So you're telling me. A guy who played 119 games and was still able to bat 327, 33 home runs, uh, slug for 623. Like that's that's not appealing enough to you to want to buy into that market. You would much rather buy a PSA nine of Jackson Holiday because you think he's gonna do well in the majors. But you're not actually. You don't know though. You don't know. He could be he could be one of those prospects who tears it up in the minors, comes to the majors. And craps the bet. Again, you're asking like it's a as a collector, I would prefer to buy Seeger. But as a hobbyist who's trying to make like a little bit of profit and money, I don't know. It's it's up but, for but debate. That, but that's so so. What's the but what's the difference? Like what what do you mean by as like at me as the collector, I'd rather buy Seeger. But as the hobbyist, I would I would rather buy ho uh, Jackson Holiday. John, like, what do you mean, like? Yeah, John the Collector wants rookie cards of people who are like MLB success, like potentially could make their way to the Hall of Fame. 
I want rookie cards of Hall of Fame players. So I feel way less comfortable buying prospects for my collection because I have no idea. Like what not not for resale value. Right. Yeah. I I want them in my collection because they had I don't know like a stretch of making the All Star game ten times in a row, or they were players that we grow up with that we really love who we watch play and they're really awesome baseball players. I want those rookie cards in my collection, but for, yeah, like I, I don't buy up prospect cards to collect them for my future collection unless by, for some reason in my gut, I think like, Hey, this, this kid is super special. This kid is going to be a Bryce Harper. This kid's going to be, I don't know, some other, <clears throat> excuse me, some other crazy prospect who's going to make it not only to the majors and become a superstar in the majors, but you never know, which is why it's so risky to kind of hold on to those cards for too long. But I'm assuming if I ask you the same question, you're telling me you'd rather buy the secret card right now than buy the PSA nine holiday. It's see. And that and that's, this is where my confusion is because yeah, I think the same way as you, I think that like, well, yeah, I mean, if I, if I look at, at, overall like if if i look at the hobby as overall and i and what i've seen in the hobby yeah it's unfortunate that i think the jackson holiday card is going to do better than the seager i just don't understand why <laughs> like i just i don't get why like i have to buy into this psa 9 jackson holiday card versus Corey seager like i would much rather like i i, I agree with you like the collector in me would much rather have the Corey seager card the investor in me like, yeah, you would have to buy into Jackson Holiday. Over time, though, it's just like, I just don't get it. I almost want to say, no, I would rather have the Corey Seager card. But, okay, so here <clears throat> we're looking at, uh, we're spending way too much time on the negative part of buying Holiday right now and him becoming a bust. Like, because if Holiday, people, the reason to answer your question, why people like buy into these prospects so heavily is because, Jackson Holiday, the number one prospect in baseball, is going to get to the majors. If he comes to the majors and he has a season like Corbin Carroll is, like his market will get way hotter than what it currently is. Or he has some sort of stretch like Ellie, and he has uh, three weeks of just like homer, 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 stolen base, triple, stealing home, all that stuff. That market gets crazy hot. So... There's that too. Like we're we're spending too much time on like, well, what the heck? This guy could be a bust. This guy could not pan out. But there's also the argument and the point that kind of drives the hobby into prospecting, where it's like, hey, this prospect who's the number one in baseball could also be like some sort of superstar, like Tatis or something or Harper. So that's why. But but Corey Seager is the superstar. Yeah. So that's that's my point. You're you're talking about Jackson Hall. Man, Jackson Holiday could come in and you do what Corbin Carroll's Corbin Carroll did or Ellie did. Corey Seager putting up better numbers than both of them. For like for this year, what's his career? I mean, but but that's but see, but that's the point though. Like, oh, we already talked with with Jared Goff. We we talked about with Jared Goff. Nobody cares about the career. <laughs> yeah. People people don't care about the career. People cared about the career. Goff would be sitting at a thousand dollars, like Joe Burrow is, you know, like Herbert is. But I don't think hobbyists look at oh the career overall. I I think if you're if we're talking about how how people look into the investments, it's currently what's happening right now. Like people are buying into Jackson Holiday, yeah, with with the thought that next year he's gonna get called up. But like, but then you're also thinking, well, 
oh, well, yeah, what if? What if? What if he comes in and does what Corbin Carroll's doing? Corey Seager doing that. Yeah, I think he and that's, was. That's my whole, and that's my whole point of, like, you're thinking that this 456 is going to skyrocket up and even get hotter. But, like, but then we're seeing Corey Seager, who's doing, who's doing it even better than what Corbin Carroll's doing. And yet, 332 versus Corbin Carroll's $1,000. I'm also like I'm 99% sure this is gonna kind of fuel your fire. I'm 99% sure that Corey Seager was Rookie of the Year. I have to look it up now. Yeah. Yep. Okay. He won Rookie of the Year in 2016. But again, to my point, post he was pre-card boom. Yeah. Now all these players are coming in post-card boom. I think that I think right there. I think what you what you say. He was Rookie of the Year. But these market these markets weren't anything like what they are now. Exactly. And I and I think what happened to a lot of these players who are who were pre card boom era, they're getting left in the dust, <laughs> and their markets were their markets were probably sitting so low already, that maybe three thirty two was really good for Seager, and really good for his market. We don't. I mean, we we don't know what his market was was like three four years ago. Right. You know. So I mean, what. Who knows what his market was like in 2016? That same card probably could have been like a $50 card. And it's sad that That's, like the future know. of his card market doesn't seem extremely promising, despite no. the fact that they're performing very well. And that's and that's like that's just my whole point of it. <laughs> it doesn't make it's sense. Like the, the future, the future of his market, like he's doing it. You're buying into players in hopes that they're going to do what Seager's doing, in hopes of doing what Ronald Acuna's doing or what Freddie Freeman's doing or what Mookie's doing. And you're spending more money on potential than you would rather than just buying the player who's actually doing it. <laughs> yeah, man. That's how the hobby works. Great. Great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it, man. Yeah, exactly. It's the most fun part about it. It's just yeah, it's stressful. <laughs> it's stressful, but it's it's a good stress. But it's just a confusing stress because it's like I want to be the person that's buying up all these Captain Kirk cards, <laughs> you know. But I can't buy it. But like if if I'm if I'm looking at it from an investment opportunity, it's like I can't buy into Captain Kirk cards because what am I gonna look at a, a twenty twenty to fifty dollar increase? Mm-hmm. You know, because nobody else is thinking the way i'm thinking yeah so oh, yeah. i don't get it like i said that's yeah you're you're looking at things from uh you're trying to it's collector versus uh investor again like are you a investor in the hobby or do you want to be a collector in the hobby and that's why i feel like sometimes you have to find a balance there's you can invest in baseball prospects you can invest in established NFL quarterbacks who have had great careers. And then you can also invest in prospects. You can invest in rookie cards and that goes for all sports. Like, and I think it's a really great point by you that things have changed since the card boom. It's no longer, it's no longer as maybe as reasonable as it used to be. If that's a a fair word to use. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's, I feel bad for the players who are, I mean, not saying that they're looking at Corey Seager's looking at his market going like, come on guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, 
Come on. I'm like, I'm doing it for you. Like I'm, I'm 327 for you. I, got... I had 33 home runs in 119 games. Like, yeah. you know, that's funny. Buy my cards. I have to go hit some more homers today. So my cards can go up. Listen, I'm going to tag, I'm going to tag Corey Seager and Jared Goff <laughs> in, to this podcast. When we make our social media posts and I want them to understand, Hey, we're with you guys. Yeah, we're okay? fans. We're fans of you guys, even though, yeah, like we said, Jared Goff, Captain Kirk, you guys play in our division now. But hey, man, like, uh, what's it? The what was that one Saturday Night Live one when he was talking about Matt Prater? Matt Prater, I pray for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow, nice. Yeah, yeah, that's how I am. Like, you know what, Captain Kirk, I want you to win. A, I want you to win a Super Bowl. How okay? dare you! I mean, if, 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 here's the thing. If not the Bears, I was thinking about this the other day. If not the Bears winning a Super Bowl, like who would I rather see win one? Mitch Trubisky. I, give, give Captain Kirk a Super Bowl. Like watching that documentary, like the docuseries, the quarterback won, and he's got that spot for the Lombardi trophy. Like in his, in his, like in his trophy room or whatever. Like yeah. if not the Chicago Bears, Captain Kirk, man. I want you to win. Win one for the Vikings. I want you to I whatever. Whatever team you, you win one, I want you to win a Super Bowl, man. Because you deserve it. Good for you. I think I you agree with you. It. Yeah. I like Kirk. Yeah. I hope he wins a Super Bowl too. But yeah. Yeah. As long as it's not the if the Bears are out of the picture. Yeah. They all come to the Bears. Oh, win God. one with the Bears. Yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> Captain Kirk, come over to our team. We'll swap you for uh Justin Fields. Wow. wow, I said it. I said it. Here we go. Wow, look what you did. You opened up a yeah. big can of worms. <laughs> I said it. Swap you. Made more like a, a Jelly Cards group chat can of whoop ass. Yeah. <laughs> Jason screwed up. Uh, but any uh, less uh, second thoughts before we wrap it up? Um, no, I think that we've we've kind of hit a lot of nails on the head. It's when you look at the hobby in terms of investing and you look at the hobby in terms of I'm going to buy this card and sell it later, sometimes it doesn't really make much sense. And I think Jason is arguing that a lot of the time it doesn't make sense. So no, this hobby doesn't make sense. It doesn't. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast episode and you are involved in sports cards or Pokemon cards, any card in general, collecting in general memorabilia, please reach out. Uh, we are jelly cards on Instagram and Twitter. J-E-L-I-C-A-R-D-S. And on TikTok, we are jelly underscore cards. And let us know what you think. What do you think drives card prices to the level that we're talking about? Like, what makes one card go from a $200 to $400 rookie card to a $1,000 to $2,000 to $4,000 rookie card? Because like we're trying to talk about here, there are players in the NFL, there are players in baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, any major sport who have the stats to back up their skills. And when you look at their card markets, they don't reflect the player that they are. So we're trying to understand why fellow people in this hobby choose to invest so much more money into a specific player instead of buying up the other player who's doing pretty well too and trying to flip that card in the future. So I'm sure there's plenty of people listening who have their own opinions on this. Please reach out and let us know what you think. Um, is it a mixture of stats, success, and then also the eye test? 
or is it something else that we're not mentioning that you think would be a really great discussion or a really great topic to throw into our discussion? So reach us on our social media platforms. Thank you all very much for listening. We appreciate you very much. Hope we have an amazing week and an amazing weekend ahead. And as always, keep spreading the love of this crazy hobby from your friends at Jelly Cards. <laughs>